Hi, I'm uh, welcome to another session of uh, the uh, Inside Golden State Politics podcast. I'm Bill Boyarski, former city editor and columnist for the uh, Los Angeles Times. And I'm Sherry Bebich Jeffy, self-styled media maven and retired professor of the practice of public policy communication at USC. And today I am coming to you from under house arrest. Well, I'm under, I call it self-confinement. La-di-da. Good. <laughs> La-di-da. <laughs> so another busy week. What struck you this week? Everything just came flying right at me, Bill. I am still focused on the coronavirus, but I am also still focused on our little shouting match of last week about the media's role in communicating not only politics, but the politics of the coronavirus. And I, I sort of want to take it one step further and take a little bit of time to talk about the impact of social media and the role of social media and alternative ways of spreading the news, particularly as it relates to the coronavirus and to the communication of politics. Um, we screamed and yelled a lot last week, Bill. Let's start it again. You're on. Well, I think that um, I think one of the important lessons of the campaign of this campaign so far as far as social media goes, was uh, was Bernie Sanders. Now, he did not win the nomination, of course, but his use of social media, and by that I mean a whole network of websites that supported him and of Facebook posts all the time and a steady daily diet of, um, of text messages and emails of which uh, I got none. Well, well, I was on the right list. I got. I guess so. <laughs> they they like me. So anyway, uh, he proud. was he he was always always uh, he was always on my screen. Now that produced a huge amount of contributions. It did, and those it contributions me. kept him in the race. Now it wasn't enough for him to win, though. That's true. And social media alone, and even the money, not enough for him to win. You know what I think was as great a help were these humongous, energetic, electric rallies that he held. It gave him, and particularly because there were so many young people involved, it really gave him a legitimacy. And for many people, it sort of erased the age difference between him and his Bernie Kratz, if you will. So, I mean, you know, social media is something every candidate and every campaign is going to have to learn to use and to deal with effectively. But it's it's it really is not enough to push them over the, the finish line, I think. Also, there's a problem with social media, uh, both in terms of communicating politics and in terms of of talking about the corona virus i look at it as a bad cop good cop function social media now as we are seeing and particularly in the polls is becoming a go-to place for people who want information 
Well, about they, the they, 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 wait, no, wait, they, wait, they, wait, they wait, want, they, they want, they want information as, that they as believe our president in. would say, quiet, quiet. I'm not finished. Anyway, that's the good cop. Soon you can come into the conversation. The bad cop is there's so much that is wrong and false that is coming out on social media. And we've got to be really careful. Take it away. Well, I want to ask you something that's really been bothering me. You know, everyone says social media is so hot and so powerful. Um, weeks ago, social media ah. on the left and on the right was really transfixed by the story of of a woman uh, who claimed that uh, Vice President Biden, uh, 17 years before, had assaulted her. Now, this was very hot on social media and they were all, they were and they were talking about it and they were tweeting about it. Never made the mainstream media. Well, not never. So wait a minute, wait a minute. And <laughs> suddenly, suddenly a few days a while back, the New York Times wrote a very long story about this thing. A very Going long in, story about the about the Biden story and about the woman and interviewed a whole bunch of people and it went on forever. And I wondered what took him so long. Now they didn't, uh, the New York times didn't hesitate, uh, at all when it came to poor Kavanaugh, the Supreme court justice, they went with everybody else. Kavanaugh was right in the paper. They didn't wait. Why is it with Biden? They waited, you know, I would say, that's something to really question, and, uh, and I was a little uh, perturbed by that. Well, I can understand why you are perturbed why? by that. Well, because it smacks of showing a bias on the surface. There no, are no, no, no. It shows a bias. It shows <laughs> a bias. Look, perception is the most important thing. No, it's In not. politics, the, the fact, I, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. The most important, the most important thing are the facts. The facts are that For the, main, the mainstream, have. the mainstream press um, ignored this story right. until uh, the New York Times wrote a big story about it uh, a few days ago. Uh, and uh, and now I read the editor's uh, explanation the of that in the in the New York that. Times, and it was. You know he's a very smart fellow and very articulate, and uh, uh, he uh, he used to be my boss. Uh, <laughs> but it it was very smart, very articulate, and not quite convincing to me. Well, you. yeah, no, no, no. Well, it, it there there are different shades of convincing, and I'll get back to that. But if you want to look beyond that, there are a couple of reasons I think why so much more immediate attention was given to the Kavanaugh hearings than to the accusation regarding Joe v Biden. One of them is the personalities of each of those two men. I, you know, I, look, Joe Biden doesn't come across as justice or then judge Kavanaugh. You know, Joe's been around for a real long time. People have ingrained in themselves their perception, their image. 
I don't have that. I don't have that perception of wait, him at wait, all. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. Wait. I mean, he's like You're never going to let me finish my argument, are you? Are you, Bill? Okay, thank you very much. That's one. People do. They they have an image that's embedded. Kavanaugh was an immediate, fresh image. No context, number one. Number two, I think that Professor Ford in the Kavanaugh hearings came off again image as a bit more credible than Ms. Reed, who had um, given the charges against Joe Biden. I think that may have been a problem. Number three, the Kavanaugh decision was immediate. This was in real time. If you didn't get out something, the hearings would have been over. The hearings would have approved or disapproved, and nobody really believed he'd be disapproved, the nomination of Kavanaugh. There was a long stretch available when it came to Joe Biden. The time could be taken. And number four, Kavanaugh is a Trump what? nomination. Kavanaugh would have an impact on the court far beyond even the president of the United States. Well, well I think we've, Wait done, a minute. we've on. done this one to death. I want to talk. No, about, we haven't. I haven't finished. I want to talk about the big news of the day of the week, which was, finish. which was the endorsement of Biden what by, the big newses? by uh, his opponents, uh, Elizabeth Warren and by the former president of the United States. That's going to affect the election, isn't it? Well, you know, I'm of the, of the feeling that endorsements are far more powerful down the ballot on the local level when you really, you know, you don't know who the judges are. So you look at the newspaper endorsements. You look at candidates you may never heard of before. And, but in this case, I do think the endorsement of Barack Obama and the endorsement of Elizabeth Warren will have, at least around the margins, an impact on this election. Obama, because boy, if you saw his endorsement video, what a difference between that and Trump. Cool, solid, etc. And he will be able to help energize African-American vote. Now, here's something that you got to remember. Are you ever going to let me finish? Well, actually, no, you, not, are actually, you? No, actually, you've I, been talking. Actually, you've been talking quite a bit. No, now, I'm now, uh, now here's something. Here's, here's something. Warren. Here's something that you we ought to bring William, everyone's attention. I'm was Biden when Biden was running in the South Carolina primary, which he won, um, his endorsement by that very powerful and popular African American congressman helped him win an overwhelming victory, which yes. helped him win the nomination. I think what's going to happen, here's what I think is going to happen with we Obama. We have talked about Elizabeth Warren's nomination. We're uh, going to, we'll, we'll get I there. I was, I was, we'll, but I we'll, was We'll get there, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> this, what this does, what the Obama thing does, it's going to, it's going to just give Biden a huge, huge uh, turnout uh of, of African-American voters. I just said that, Bill. <laughs> well, uh, a huge, huge turnout of African-American voters. 
And you know something, you, you know how you could see that? It was on television, the influence of, 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 of politics on African-American voters. Did you pay much attention to the election in Wisconsin sure for did. a judge? Okay. For the, the justice Repub of the state Supreme Court. Right. The Republican-dominated legislature in uh, Wisconsin did everything it could to drive down the vote in the Milwaukee area, which was largely an African-American vote. Uh, they, they took many steps to drive it down, to make it hard for people to vote. Nevertheless, people, and you, people stood in line for six hours, four hours, remember those lines, to vote. And they were, feelings were so intense. I say that was a tip off to what may happen in, uh, in, in November with the African American vote for Joe Biden, especially with, um, especially with Barack Obama endorsing him. Okay. And let's not forget that Donald Trump went to Wisconsin and endorsed the incumbent conservative Republican justice. And I think that had a lot to do with the significant turnout, particularly of Democrats. I think that was a, that's an important point to make too. And I think that the White House has got to be very, very worried about it. This was significantly an anti-Trump vote. And the, the turnouts among Democrats they they were higher, but they didn't explode. But well, they were higher. The so turnouts think, among Democrats. Yeah. Well, and a little bit of yeah. and, and the, also don't forget the justice, there was sort the justice, of a contest. That, that, there was a primary contest of sorts on the Democratic yeah, not really. side. The the justice won that the liberal justice won. I don't He's know the exact figures by a large large. She sure uh, did a large vote. So that was something that uh, that we'll have to uh, remember. Oh yeah. Um, you know something uh, funny? We we're talking about alternative media. Uh huh. And uh, so I was looking up some some of the things they do. You know, the Russians are great uh, producers of alternative media. They have a lot of websites out there, and. Uh, um, they were very active in the uh, 2016 election on behalf of Trump, and yep. they're expected to be very valuable in uh, very valuable this year's election uh, for President Trump's re-election campaign. And I was just fascinated to read that one of the sites that the Kremlin sponsored was one that uh, advocated the um, uh, secession of California from Cal the Union. Cal right. right. That was one of their things. And um, I thought that was so, such a comment on Putin. You know, you know, Russia used to, uh, Russia owned Alaska, you know that. And we bought it from him, probably at a price that Putin's still mad about. And they also were in California. You know, the, the Northern California community of Fort Ross was a Russian trading post. Uh, so I can see Putin. He's looking at California. Oh. <laughs> I love those 
beaches, he said. He probably <laughs> fancies himself a surfer. And, of course, he fancies himself a, a weightlifter. I love that muscle beach they have in Venice. <laughs> See, I can, so I can understand why, uh, I can, I can understand why the Russians want California and would be sponsoring the Cal exit campaign. Well, apparently they were also involved via bots and fake websites in the Texas, Tex exit movement in Texas. And obviously there's a question about their involvement in Brexit. I think more than anything else, they just wanted to mess everything up. And I must say that um, the gentleman who was in charge of Yes California, which is one of those suspect sites, swears up and down, no money, no support, nothing from the Russians. Although he established a self-styled embassy, California embassy in Russia, and then moved to Siberia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know. I can't imagine why anybody would move to Siberia, even if I loved Putin. <laughs> really? Well, Putin. No. Maybe he was sent to Siberia, and we don't know that. Maybe that was it. Putin wants to summer in, <laughs> uh, in California, I think. Um, so tell me, uh, what is the? How's this uh, Elizabeth Warren thing going to shake out? Well, what she can do is send a message to those uh, Bernie Bros and the Bernie Crats and the the true believers who cannot, would not stomach voting for Biden, that she'll give them cover to vote for Biden. Whether or not they do is another question, but she can help bring some of those voters who, when Bernie endorsed, said, oh my God, no, I'm not going to vote. I'm going to write in Elizabeth Warren or something. And the speculation is that might you know, be a part of moving her up the list of the vice presidential potentials uh, being vetted or thought about by Joe Biden. You know, one of the one of the things we have to think about uh, with the uh, Warren endorsement of Biden and uh, with the Sanders endorsement of Biden is is the is how it's going to impact the issues of the election. Now, definitely, I think I think that, uh, uh, you know, he's if he wants to get the uh, progressive uh, wing of the Democratic Party, Biden. Uh, he's Biden wants to get their loyal support. They're going to vote for him. But if he wants to get a, a good turnout, uh, he's going to have to he's going to have to do more on um, on on me- medical care issue uh, his. What he's advocated is uh, is a sort of Bernie very mild and Elizabeth very mild. Now, he may not want to go for Medicare for all, but he's going to have to move in that direction. He's going to have to move in the direction of uh, a free college tuition. Uh, he's going to have to, even with with all of the unemployment, he is going to have to move in the direction of paying wages, paying money directly into the pockets of the unemployed workers uh, rather than uh, having some them. of that is happening now already and they're, and they're going to have to they're going to have to do that 
and that that'll have to be his his platform it's kind of interesting that there there's some indication that uh a move towards something closer to medicare for all is gaining more and more acceptance in the electorate i mean the coronavirus has made health care the number two issue after the coronavirus so he does i think have a little bit more room to maneuver on that so we have so we have uh um we have uh trump hatred by democrats um we have the endorsement of obama and uh and elizabeth warren and bernie sanders uh for biden and then we might have have the issues all of that uh uh is looking sort of good for biden yes uh, and he is in the latest average of real clear politics, head to head, Biden and Trump. Biden is roughly 5.5 percentage points ahead. Well, you know, I don't think you pop open the champagne bottles yet. That's pretty close, isn't it? It is fairly close. It's just, I think, without, without, outside the margin of error. But, you know, I, at this point in time, I suspect I would rather be Biden than Trump. But that can all change. It depends. You know, remember, it's the economy, stupid. Well, yeah, it still is. But it's the coronavirus, stupid. Trump depends on that. Where that goes, Trump goes. Because what if unemployment, what if unemployment, uh, stays at the same level that it is today. It's terrible. I mean, you know, you can't separate, quite frankly, the coronavirus dynamic from the economic dynamic. It's 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 a one-two punch that is just waiting out there. And if the one-two punch lands on Trump, I can't predict. But if I did predict, he would be toast. Well, you could see, uh, you know, it was very clear uh, to us, uh, you know, watching the election in 2008 and then the aftermath, uh, the tremendous impact uh, that the Great Recession had uh, on the on, on, on that election. It it assured uh, Obama's victory. Uh, well, re- go ahead. It really did, I think. And how did it ensure it? It ensured it because people uh, 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 trusted him with the victory. Uh, he, of course, he always had the his his the African American uh, vote behind him, and it was tremendously high. But people were really out of work; they were losing their homes. I mean, you know, we we it was a while back, so we don't remember the panic that uh, that swept through the land. And I think. That had a lot to do, uh, I think that had a lot to do with his victory. Yes, and I think it was helpful that when George, the president, George W. Bush, called the meeting in September before the election and called in both John McCain and Barack Obama, Obama was portrayed in the media, and I think probably in reality, as basically taking over and leading to some sort of a solution, while John McCain just sort of stood there and stared. That said volumes about the question 
of leadership. And that's going to be a question that's going to be critical in this election, too. We're scared again, economically, with regard to public health and public safety. The electorate will be looking for an effective leader. And again, if you listen to or watch President Obama's endorsement station statement, he hit that very hard and said, Joe Biden is the leader. Let's so see. who's he going to, uh, so who's Biden uh, <laughs> going to pick for vice president? You know, we were talking about Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. and there's uh, Kamala Harris, uh, senator from, uh, the senator from California. Uh, and there's uh, Amy Klotchabar, the, editor, the, the uh, senator from Minnesota. Um, I, I heard know. an interesting name today. And this is really, do you remember Congresswoman Val Dennings? She was on the Democratic impeachment prosecution team. Yeah. She is an African-American congresswoman from Wait for it, Florida. I think that sounds very interesting. Also, the governor of Michigan, I guess Governor Worthen, uh, although lately she's waffled a little on things. She, she has come off as fairly impressive uh, as one of the governors who are out front on coronavirus issues. But the Val Dennings name, which is the name I would not have thought of, but sounds awfully interesting. Yeah, I'm going to start watching for that. Well, you know, uh, uh, Senator Klobuchar has a really a, uh, you know, she's she's got a real good quality about her. She uh, she kind of grows on you. I mean, when you first see her, well, I've always say, been impressed. You always with say, "Yeah," but but she grows on you. Uh, she's from a Midwestern state. Um, she's, you know, in the, in, in the farm area, she's always run well. And, um, she's got a, uh, a great personality where I would think that maybe Biden would be a little scared of having uh, Elizabeth Warren as uh, his running mate. I think for several reasons. And part of it is ideological and part of it is, and this is going to sound so sexist, I hate to say it, but it's true. She's tough and aggressive. And I think that there's a problem with Kamala Harris. It's not that she's tough and aggressive, but that when she puts her mind to it, she can come off very well as a candidate. And maybe there is a question as to whether or not she might outshine uh, the presidential candidate. Too cautious. She, too cautious. she was she was too cautious uh, as attorney general. Uh, she was uh, uh, cautious as district attorney, and uh, she's cautious as a United States senator. And except for one brief shining moment where she beat up uh, Biden uh, on <laughs> the school school busing issue during one of the debates, the she was too one. she was too cautious. Um, on the campaign, so I think that uh, 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 that that would hurt her. Well, look at um, we're getting near the end of our yes, we are. Little time together. I want to thank uh, our producer director Nancy Boyarski and uh, Sherry Here's Nancy Boyarski, who saves Here's, us every week. Here we are, <laughs> <laughs> and Sherry, we'll uh, we'll see you again. Drink that next week. 
drink that wine and don't interrupt. Okay, Bill? <laughs> Look, I, I, I always interrupt. That's why that's, that's, that's what people like. I see. They, they don't like monologues. They like, well, they like arguments. Keep score and tell me next week who interrupts more. Au revoir, everybody. Bye-bye. Cheers.